what, make sure I'm on here, there we go. What do you say yes to? Do you have a mental category that is always a yes? Do you? I I do. This this past week I was driving down uh, Belmont Village and I was going past Lady Glaze. And if you know Lady Glaze, um, I said no on my way to where I was going. And yeah, thank you, amen, amen. And uh, on my way back, <laughs> I said, all right, you know what? I can, I can get one gluten-free Lady Glaze donut. I got one and five of its friends. <laughs> and so it seems, whether I meant to or not, I have a yes just inherently to gluten-free donuts from Lady Glaze. I, I had the best of intentions of no. I honestly should have gone a different direction on the way back, but I did not. I headed straight there. Uh, but for you, do you have an auto yes? Um, is there something that you just say yes to no matter what? Could it be like something that's a, a, light off, uh, a load off your shoulders? Would you just like, yes, I'm, I'm fine with that? Or if it's something that is free, are you a person who will just take anything that's free? It was on the side of the curb, it's a yes. Uh, we have a few bags there you may not want to take, but we do have a few things at the back that still can go. Uh, if that's an auto yes for you. Or do you have a little bit more complicated system, a matrix or a framework of that which you say yes to? Uh, if it fits into your life commitments, you have your main commitments in life, and it fits in there, do you just say yes? Or if you have children, if, if your kids can be involved, you're just, yes, I'm in. Or maybe it, it, your yes is more driven out of feelings. Uh, if, if it's something that you're excited about, do you just say yes every time? Or if it's something that's going to make you feel bad saying no to, do you just say yes to it? Today, I'm going to encourage you to come up with a rule of yes. Not just a, a blanket rule of yes, but a very specific rule of yes. This rule is around if you sense God's guiding, if you discern his leading, and you are at a choice, If you have an in or out moment, a yes or no, I today would encourage you to say yes, to make that just your rule. When you sense God saying something or directing, that you say yes. Today we are going to be jumping into Luke 1, verse 26 to 38, but before we get there, I'll allow you to look it up. I'm going to invite Christine to come on up, and she is going to share a a word with us. Here's a nice little microphone. We are in this series, throughout the series, doing a session of Hearing God, which is happening on Tuesday nights, where we are practicing um, growing disciplines and creating space where we want to hear from God. Uh, Christine said that she sensed that maybe God has a word for us or our community, or maybe it's for you. And I would love to give her the opportunity to share what she's sensing, and for you as a community to discern, is it it for you, is it for us? So feel free to share. Good morning, Missouri Park. Um, so I've been uh, attending this teacher event um, session, and it's just an awesome encouraging experience, and just take time and listen to God. And um, so I was doing that about two weeks ago, and um, yeah, I just sense God giving me something to share um, here with this this community. Um, and at first. It Share. Um, and I was like, very good. And I was just imagining things, and I felt God 
very much. Appreciate you coming up. Thank you. Uh, part of hearing God is listening. Another part is discerning. I wanted to create space for us here to allow who needed to hear this message. And I didn't know fully who. I, don't, I still don't know if it was for you today. But what the question is, is will we trust God? Right? We don't always know the plans and the path that he's going to take. And that brings us into today's text. Today we are in Luke 1, 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, a virgin whose name was Mary. In this series of Luke, we are going to be seeing a few themes show up over and over and over again. And I highlighted them a few weeks ago. If you want to go back and listen to that, I'll save us some time. But when we come across them, I want to highlight them as we go. So here we see Luke is developing a low-key move that you likely didn't catch about the advancement of God's kingdom. If you were to read history books or even some of the Old Testament, you would notice that the books would start with something like, in the third year of King Somebody... Or it was the first year of some other ruling guy. The times and the dates were marked by the rulers and the kingdoms that they were under. But here, Luke writes, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Subtle. But knowing that he is actually introducing an inbound kingdom of God, he's making a statement. 
Luke is rejecting that the other powers and the rulers that are around, and he's starting his own timeline in this passage. He starts with a different marker, and this is the first moment we see here in this text of the actual presence of the kingdom of God is breaking in. There's also a second uh, theme that shows up here, and this one might be a little bit more obvious, and it will get more and more obvious as we go. And this one is the great reversal. Right, we learn that God is moving, but not into the places that you would expect. Galilee. This is the place where you would not expect something big to be going down. Imagine the Toronto Maple Leafs. They win the Stanley Cup this year, right? Hey, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is exciting. You don't expect it. Okay, but bigger than that, they win the Stanley Cup and they forego the parade in Toronto and they head to Stainer, Ontario. Right? They show up in Stainer, Ontario, and they have a parade in front of all 12 people. Right? This is the unprecedented moment. You would not expect the Toronto Maple Leafs to win the cup and then show up in Stainer. This is the type of move that God is doing. We also see that here he takes Mary, the, an unexpecting person, and makes her to be expecting. In verse 28, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. Now many have made much about Mary, and many have also made very little of Mary. But at this point, what we can see is that there's something about going on here where she has found favor. And her fear lets us know that she wasn't expecting this. She didn't expect an angel to be showing up, and she did not expect when the angel showed up that she has found God's favor. We sit here with thousands of years, and we're removed from this. But in this moment, we see that she knows that God is present, but she's also celebrating something that's going on in God's movement. She is caught up in this presence of God's angel, and we know that God is one of, of lavish grace. But in that moment, Mary didn't have the picture that we have. She hasn't celebrated however many Christmases you have. She knows of the temple rituals where you go and you engage with a merciful God. And she knows of the, the Torah's telling that God will call and lead people. But nothing like this. She doesn't have the Christmas story. And we can easily assume that we because we've heard it so many times, that this is what's going to happen. But this is a backwater town in an occupied nation with a religious culture that yearns for God's returning. And God chose to bless her with the greatest gift to all of creation. And it's not because of who she is or what she has or hasn't done. It's because God, he is a gracious and merciful God. And that God, he is about to make change to all of creation. He's about to change everything. This moment is actually more about who God is and his interaction, that he wants to bless us. He wants to bless creation. He wants to bless Mary. And he's doing this in an unlikely moment, in an unlikely place, and it changes history forever. The angel shows up and tells her that God has showed her favor. And when she hears this, the news continues. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great, 
and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. This is his kingdom and will never end. Verse 34, how will this be, asked Mary to the angel, since I am a virgin? Now, following this blessing and mercy idea, I want to name some realities um, in, our, in our context, in our, our spots, about blessing and mercy. We love the story from two weeks ago of the faithful and the righteous person who has been childless for such a long time, and God has blessed them with a sought-after child. The stigma that was around them is being removed, and their righteousness is vindicated. Mary's isn't exactly the same. I think we can all say that Mary was blessed. She may be the most well-known person next to Jesus himself. But Mary's blessing did not remove a cultural scorn, but actually placed her into it. There's an Instagram video that I found humorous, so this tells you about my humor, um, of this, this woman, a, a wife in the story. She's sitting at the table, and the husband comes with a pie. He says, honey, I, I baked a pie. Enjoy. She cuts open a slice. Oh, this is great. This is a very good pie. Wait, you said you made this pie. Yes, yes, I did. How did you make the pie? We don't have an oven. And he says to her, he leans in, God helped me. Mary. And do you know how that sounds, Mary? And so it catches this moment where, of course, God didn't help make this pie. And now he's got the challenge with her of, like, when we tell a story about a virgin birth, it's wild, it's outlandish. It sounds ridiculous. And that question mark was sitting in that moment. It's unignorable. For 2,000 years, we've, we've sat with a story, and some of us find it just like, oh, yeah, God makes virgins have babies. Just what happens, right? Others are like, no, this is just a stumbling block to my faith. Or we write it off as like, the culture back then just didn't know how babies were made. <laughs> right? Like, we somehow all got here by accident. Um, but here we are. We're, we're looking at this moment is that it's hard to believe that a virgin would ever conceive. In this moment... We have a cultural stigma being applied to Mary. Think about the father of Mary, who but just betrothed her to Joseph, and he thought that Joseph was a good and honorable man. Think about the siblings of Mary. I'm assuming she had some. They weren't visited by the same angel saying, no, like Mary's story is true. She had to tell the story of why she has a child and then also say that she has not been with a man. Joseph sitting on the other side, right? He's, he's like, well, I wasn't. I didn't bake, like, the pie situation. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And so we live in this cultural story of, in Galilee, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen in Galilee, that an unwed woman is now going to have a child. So, like, the neighbor has, yeah, we've seen this before. Oh, you're still a virgin, they say, right? Think about the stigma that is now sitting on her. And so we have this challenge where in this story, God takes an average, good Jewish woman and drags her name through the mud. Right? There's doubt on her character. There's a reversal going on here. The culture that would have honored in some degree that Mary was not with a man now has questions, and to this very day, it's a joke. It's a, a line that's mocked. 
And so this is the interesting thing about the announcement, is that she was blessed. That she now sits with her name ruined, tarnished, in her family, in her neighborhood, because God blessed her. And this is where I think the challenge in our culture also shows up, is that there's a hard reality in our stories and our faith, is that sometimes the blessing is to the poor and the left out, and they are being brought in, and they're, they're placed in a spot of honor, or maybe it's a lowly that is raised up into that honor spot, or the captive set free. The upward spiral of mobility. Our culture absolutely loves this. If you watch uh, Instagram, TikTok, any social thing, it's all about how your life is always better, 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 better. And somehow you die, I don't know. Uh, it's this upward spiral of mobility. And it, part of this does fit our faith, 1,000%. God moves in and changes and shapes and, and does bring the lowly up and, and exalts those things that you would not expect. But that's not the full story. There's also the other part. Sometimes the kingdom breaks in and it's a loss of dignity. Sometimes the king can enter creation and it drags name through the mud. Think about the forerunner, John the Baptist. He was beheaded. Sometimes it's like Paul, where one of the first things that God showed Paul was the things that he must suffer for his namesake. Sometimes the blessing isn't what or the way that we thought it would be. And the greatest example is Jesus, a crucified savior. But going back to these words of the angels, the angel, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. There is something much more to this king, the kingdom, the blessing, the favoredness, than just a positive post or an inspirational narrative. Let's continue along this main path and, and hold this uh, inspirational narrative thing and this uh, blessing thing and this dragging your name through the mud kind of thing awkwardly. Mary asked how. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive in her, is in her sixth month. For no word from the Lord will ever fail. The angel introduced another major theme here. In Luke's gospel, and also through Acts, for that fa matter of fact, is that it's the coming of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the triune God, that God is fully invested in this story of the coming king. You see Jesus, the Spirit, and the utmost high. You see, the Holy Spirit is playing out in Luke's gospel from chapter 1. The Spirit, like in Genesis, is part of the start. And he guides it all the way through the presence of Jesus and the ministry of him, down to the point where we, as followers of Jesus, are partnering and have been given the Spirit. So this is a story that we hear, and we also put it really closely to Christmas, the Immaculate Conception. This is a mighty work of God in his sovereign movement through history in creation to restore and reconcile, to return his intent of life and life abundant to all. In this telling of the story, we have a lot spinning already. But for Mary, she doesn't know any of this. She has an angel in front of her, and all she knows is Yahweh God has sent an angel to her and that, that angel's words say, you are favored, and you will have a child. 
And she responds, knowing the implications, at the very least, of the cultural stigma around her, what that means, with, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. She said yes. Full-heartedly, she said yes. She said, God, whatever, however, wherever, whenever, my answer is yes. Now, I know for the fact that Mary's call will not be your call. I also know that the consequences of Mary's call will not be your consequences. But I can say here today that, that God, the same God that called Mary, is calling you. That he has a, a vision and a mission or a, a guidance or a, a presence for you to be living into and living out from. And that God wants to be working out his kingdom in creation with for and through you and us. He still wants to work in our day and age. He's still calling people to step in or step out, to engage with him and his mission, to reclaim the lost and to restore the broken, to lay claim to his kingdom as it is still breaking into creation until the final day where Jesus fully returns and all is made right. Sometimes a yes is like Jason and Rachel's. A yes that later gets another yes, that builds on another yes, and then another yes. And sometimes it's smaller. Sometimes it's a yes in trusting God to take a risk. Sometimes it's a yes in saying, I'm going to hold on to God where all other counsel, all other things around me says to do something differently, but I will hold on to God. But I know that he is calling us to be like Mary in this part. To say yes. And maybe today is actually for you the first yes that he's asking from you. It's, it's for an invitation to follow him. An invitation for God to be your Lord, to be your guide, and to be your king. That this challenging downward spiral, upward spiral, complex thing might have thrown you off the scent. Where you were hoping for the Instagram post life if you said yes to following Jesus. It may not be that. And I want to name that sometimes we as Christians have gone with just all the positive posts and made the answer to Jesus as just a, a dance in a park. Sometimes it is. Other times it's like Mary's yes, a hard journey. But here's the thing I want to say if this is your first yes is to following Jesus. Is that there's an important part in this passage as well that lets you know why you say yes. It says... The Lord is with you. Paul writes in Romans 8, 38 to 39, For I am convinced, neither death nor life, angels nor demons, either the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation, will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The yes to following Jesus is to one who will not stop, one who has overcome all things, that when he heard our cry for mercy, he said yes. When he saw us broken, when he saw what has become of his beloved creation and our cry for help, he answered it. He entered into history with a yes. So this God is inviting us to know him, to follow him, and to go down this life's bumpy roads. 
I think every one of us knows by this point in our life that life's bumpy no matter what. And the difference here is not that it's going to be less bumpy or different, but that you will have God with you. He is present. So today, if he is calling you to say yes, I encourage you to say yes. Whether it is in a a big move in your life to go somewhere that he is guiding and you've been putting it off for five years. Or if it's something that you have been putting off for two days because you know he was actually getting at you on Friday about this. I encourage you to make this rule of life. If you can hear God's voice, if you discern with community or people around you that God is guiding you somewhere in some way, say yes. We see God will move. God God will call. And the question really comes down to us. What is our response to him? Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your words be fulfilled. Heavenly Father, I pray over this community that we hear your voice first and foremost. The one of mercy and favoredness that is found in you. Not because of what we have or haven't done. Not because of where we're located or what we're doing right now, Lord. But because of who you are. Lord, I pray that you are are pressing in on our hearts or our minds with the question that you have for each one of us. Lord, I pray that you bring clarity if it's not clear yet over this week. That you bring community to help discern what you are asking of each one of us and us as a community. Lord, we ask that you guide us and help us find comfort in knowing that our answer is yes, even if we don't believe that yet. So Holy Spirit, I ask and I invite you into the space. May our answer to you, Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, Jesus, triune God, be yes. Help us mean it, help us step into it, and help us know that you are the good, loving, and gracious God that you are. Bless us this week, we pray, Lord, in whatever way that looks. May it be done in our lives as you will. Amen. Thank you, community. Uh, There is some more snacks at the back. If you want to talk, if you want to pray, you can come on up to the front of the front here. I'll be here. A few others will be here if you want prayer or just time to discern. But may God bless you and may he be with you this week. Grace and peace.